Good evening, Vancouver. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, Monday, November the 20th. And it's good to be here after a win because the last couple of games weren't. And good thing we don't do shows on those days. We timed it perfectly. As always, joined by my co-host who is fresh, very fresh off of Game Over Vancouver, Canuck Clay. How are you doing on this busy night for you? Yeah, Parker, I'm doing great. Thank you to you and to everyone for accommodating us, yeah, bumping the show half an hour later so I could get my game over in. Parker, you have game over on, on Wednesday, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. I, that's what mm -hmm. I said on the stream. So awesome. So we're trying to do that, but we still obviously committed to everyone here. So thank you to everyone. And yes, it is nice to be uh, not talking about a third consecutive victory to a team in our division that's below us in the standings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a bit of a tough week. For the Canucks, but I mean, you know, you look at like, yeah, well, they went two and two since we last talked. I mean, in theory, that's not that bad. Um, but the two games they lost, especially, you know, that loss against the Maple Leafs last week, and it's, you know, it's now three and three in their last six for a team that, well, we expected them to win every game this season after <laughs> the way they started. And we thought, you know, hey, this is a, this is at least a 65 win team. Yeah. Um, maybe not, maybe not, but they are 13, five and one. They are one point back once again of the top of the conference. Ignore that the stars have a couple games in hand, but yeah. um, no, a, a pretty good win for the Canucks tonight, uh, which we will get to. We'll break down the other three games from this week because Man, the Canucks are busy. Um, four games this week that we have to break down, and they were all since Wednesday. Uh, wow. And then we'll have another three games to preview as the Canucks go Wednesday against Colorado, Friday in Seattle, and Saturday in San Jose. So no rest for this team, really, <laughs> who is, uh, yeah, I think it's something like 10 games in, a or in 17 days it ends up being, with a lot of travel in here. Um, as they went to the East Coast with uh, with Sens, Leafs, Habs, and now they have to go to Colorado, then back to C uh, Seattle, then down to San Jose, and then back to Vancouver after. This team is very busy right now. They are. They are. And I know we'll probably get into this when we talk about kind of the, the losses against um, Calgary and Seattle. So uh, Rick Tockett's been very uh, weary. He doesn't blame travel. He says every team has to do it. But he's, he does say that there are different ways that you can play to combat fatigue and that can be inevitable. And uh, I don't know, the, I don't think the Canucks look tired tonight. They definitely didn't, but um, I think there are moments and I, I know we'll get into this in the Calgary and especially the Seattle game where they didn't look uh, particularly fresh. Yeah. And I, I would even say the start of this game, they were tonight's yeah. game. They were, they, they just, you're against, you know, a, a bad team who's won three games all year. They, they just looked at, they looked like they, they sort of came out on an even footing, which after the last time they played them, that shouldn't be the case, right? The, these teams should not look equal. Um, and, and the Canucks to all their credit, the last 30 minutes or so of the game, they, they really looked a lot better. Yeah. Um, should we jump into, should we go back in time a little bit, go back all the way to Wednesday? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think because it's fresh, why don't we talk about tonight's game? If you're cool with that and then sure. bounce back to Wednesday, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, for like sure. And by the way, it's funny you mentioned that whole thing about this is a team that we should beat, destroy, da da da. Because my lovely wife Gail, who who understands what's happening the, with the the team, but doesn't follow it as closely as let's say you and I do. Uh, halfway through the second period, when it was only or it was basically one nothing, she's like, "Shouldn't we be killing this team? Isn't this a team we beat ten one?" I said, "Yes, dear, it is." But uh, they're trying to. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, makes it a little tougher. Um, yeah, this game. Uh, this game started off you know, pretty, 
pretty slow, I I would say. Um, you know, the Canucks had a power play early, really didn't do much. Sharks had a couple chances. I mean, shots in the first period were were eleven to six. Mm. I think I I had natural stat trick up earlier. High danger chances were, and I'll have this up in just a second. In all situations, high danger chances were just three three in the first period. So only six real high danger chances in mm. the entire period. Uh, both teams just looked slow and yeah. and sort of sluggish, um, which if you're the, if you're looking at the Canucks, you want to see them go up against the Sharks and just take it to them. However, if you're going to have a slow start, a team like the Sharks isn't that bad to have that slow start against, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anything in the first period really stand out to you tonight? No, aside from how choppy it was, exactly. What you, there, there didn't seem to be much flow. Um, of course, we were all surprised when the Duke and Justice of Sussex were there. I didn't, I didn't, Gil got more excited about that, I think, than the game. But yeah, no, not a lot happening. And that disallowed goal was in the second period as well, right? So nothing happened in the first period? Yeah, pretty much nothing happened in the first period. Um, okay. <laughs> genuinely. Uh, second period, the first three minutes of the second period took like 10 minutes because there was like nine whistles in the first two and a half minutes. Um, eventually... You have this Eklund goal where Zetterlin drives the net, which, hey, you know, if, if you're a hockey fan, you like to see guys drive the net. It's a good it's a good strategy. Um, however, uh, so he ends up going through the crease. Rebound goes to Eklund, who jams it in. And on on replay, and again, I don't trust refs to call goal interference. I just don't. I, I You can look at this and say it's goal interference all day. I'm sweating watching this review. Um, but when you have both of your skates go through the crease, with your not even like your feet were close together like shoulder width apart both feet going through the crease taking the goalie out um were you nervous about this goalie interference coming back well i had two thoughts parker one of them was um i know people have been joking on twitter and uh, at least on my channel maybe on yours too that they never ever seem to talk it never ever seems to challenge a goal when demko's involved i don't know if he he thinks that demko's a big boy or something or that casey smith needs more help so there's that thought oh he's actually challenging a goal for demko and to me, it was more, um, I, to be honest, Mark, I didn't even notice the skates. I noticed more Demko's, uh, just a, his unnatural movement from left yeah. to right. He, he wasn't sliding to make a save. He was almost pushed and rotated a little bit. So I was pretty confident it was going to get called back. Yeah, because that, that was me too, right? Obviously, he gets pulled away from, from where the puck is. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'm looking at, well, I'm like, oh, well, Hughes kind of gets in there and gets, or maybe it was Lafferty. Like someone kind of gets a stick in there and yeah. could they say they pushed him into the net? But it's like, no, he's driving. He's, there was no way he wasn't going right through the crease and getting that contact with Demko. So it I does agree. come back, which is very good. Uh, and then the Canucks come out and, and that's when they start actually like putting some pressure on. And it was really the Hoaglander line that came out. And just applied a ton of pressure in the offensive zone. You mm. then have Quinn Hughes doing a little dance on the blue line. Literally, he skates in down the right wing, yep. stops, comes back, goes all the way around up the blue line, makes it look like he might play a drop to Heronic, but doesn't. Comes all the way down the side. And then just such a good read on this shot. Because a lot of the times guys will come down uh, that side and and they'll try to go, you know, try to pick the corner right next to the goalie's head, right? That's a tough... It's a tough mm-hmm. save for the goalie, right? There'll be about a puck-sized hole right there usually. <laughs> but Blackwood committed so hard to that and got so tight to the post. And you you grab a screen grab as Hughes takes this shot. Blackwood looks like he's getting like compressed into the post, how tight he is against it. And Hughes could not place this any better, right? 
right off the far post. If he goes half an inch this way, it's gone and it's going outside of the zone, honestly. Um, I mean, just just a special shot, a special play all around for Muse. We've joked, Parker, so much about him adding 15 to 20 miles an hour on his shot, da-da-da. Do you remember him, though, honestly, this much? Um, kind of walking the line, yes, but always coming down the, the when the wings, especially the left side, because he, he's a left-side defenseman. I don't remember him doing it as much as he's doing it this year. Or maybe it's because he's scoring that I'm noticing it more, but I certainly... I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember him doing it this often last year. Yeah, it could be a confidence thing, honestly. Yeah. Like knowing, like, hey, my my shot goes in now. Like, yeah. I've I've got a I've got a good dangerous shot. I mean, he already has more than a third of the shots that he had all of last year. Right, <laughs> last year he had 154 shots. This year he's got 58. Wow. So he's on he's on pace for something like uh, more than 200 shots, like 220 yeah. shots maybe this year. So he's shooting the puck more for sure. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, in less ice time per game, honestly. Um, yeah. yeah, he definitely seems to be more willing to make a play to the net. Whereas before, yeah, even if he did walk the line and come down the left side, he's always looking far side for that pass, right? Sure. Or yes. or going back to the point. Um, but I think I think he his shot improved so much, and I mean he's shooting at a clip, you know, three x what it was last year's shooting percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is, you know, going to regress, but part of that is just being a better shooter now yeah. um, that he sort of knows like, Hey, I, you know, it's not just a low percentage shot. If I shoot it from out here, there's, there's actually a real chance something happens. And coming into this, this week, I know I heard on, I was out of there in health and Brough for one of the different shows in sports at 650, something like his possession stats. It's almost like 10 or 12 minutes more than the next player in the, in the league. And that's 10 or 12 minutes with the puck on a stick. Does that, that sounds like way too much, but I know it's, it's some crazy stat. It's, 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 it, he's spending like, like two minutes or something per game with the puck on his stick, which I mean, you're like, Hey, well, he's out for 25 minutes and there's yeah. 10 guys on the ice. So theoretically he should have it for two and a half minutes, but <laughs> no, like the puck isn't on, on a stick a lot of the time, right? The, the puck, especially in the NHL, it's a very quick passing game. There's shots, there's pucks going around the boards to somebody, right? Those don't count. <laughs> you know, it's time where the puck is actually on your stick. Yeah. Most guys only hold the puck for, you know, three, four, maybe five seconds at a time. But I mean, sure. Maybe a lot of that is Quinn Hughes standing behind the net waiting for line change, but <laughs> a lot of it is, you know, a guy comes into pressure and he'll just loop back and, and keep possession yeah. and, and create so much space yeah. that, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's fantastic to watch. It's so impressive. And you saw that stat uh, that they showed on the, on the broadcast about the second fastest connect to get to 30 points only behind Tony Tanti. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty and, cool. and not to mention the third fastest defenseman to do it as well. He's the wow. third defenseman in NHL history with 30 points in fewer than 20 games in a season, joining Bobby Orr, who did it five times. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. And, and Al McKinnis, who did it in 1990. Wow. Um, that's that's decent company for a guy who, you know, didn't seem like, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he was a, he's a good passer and a good playmaker, but, you know, adding eight goals helps a lot this early in the season. Oh, phenomenal. And Spartan, thanks for the donations. We'll, we'll recognize them all at the end of the show, actually. But thank you, Spartan, for it. We, we see them coming through for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah so uh, anyways, the, a great goal that we sort of got stuck on because it was, I mean, I mean, Hughes has been such such a good story. Um, Ian Cole takes a penalty right after <laughs> to, to kill the momentum a little bit, goes <laughs> off for interference. This penalty kill was fantastic. 
Um, I think Demko had to make three really good saves. Or sorry, penalty kill wasn't fantastic. The power play for the Sharks was fantastic. Um, but Demko um, played fan, played very, very well. And then we have the Hoaglander penalty um, with mm. three and a half to go in the first period or second period. Um, before I say anything, what's your take on uh, on this play? It's so funny. I was going to say the same. I, as you know, I always watch your post-game videos. I couldn't today because obviously I was hosting Game Over Vancouver. So I'm not sure if you spent a lot of time on it, a little bit of time. Nick and I talked about it in Game Over, uh, of course. Okay, so I'll preface this by saying I've never played competitive hockey. I play roller hockey, fine, fine, fine. And I, if I ever fall down or slew foot a guy, it's because not I'm trying to hurt him. It's because I'm literally trying not to fall over uh, my, myself. The um, I know they said Hoglander's never received a major penalty in his career. So uh, what I basically made the point of is I don't think like by, by true definition of hearing intent to injure, I don't think there was an intent to injure. Was it a, the cleanest play ever? Maybe not. Uh, you, I don't think it was an intentional slew foot. Like I'm going to destroy this guy, but as their legs got tangled, his right leg was behind the bank's left leg. And unfortunately the bank's body twisted as, as they were coming down. So, all to say, I know he was given the five-minute match penalty for intent to injure, but is it possible that you could slew foot a guy without trying not to hurt him? I don't. Maybe I just sounded the stupidest thing I've ever said. I don't know. Technically, I, not anymore. They okay. added that to the rules recently, and I saw uh, that on Twitter. Any slew foot is an automatic match penalty. Okay. So that twisted my view a little bit as well because when that. i yeah. when i saw it happen in real time i honestly thought lebanc was the one who like initiated uh and i was like oh Ho hoagland's getting the penalty because he got hurt and then they show the replay i'm like okay yeah hoaglander got the shoulder around and 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 sort of won won the battle as in took yeah. him down uh, and then on like the fourth replay it's like okay yeah he does i mean as they're, they're both sort of off balance hoaglander's you know right leg plants there as they're doing this battle do I think Hoaglander was thinking, oh, I'm going to get the leg behind him and slew foot him? I don't think so. I genuinely think it was two guys are sort of battling, um, you know, clearly not happy with each other. Uh, and I think Hoaglander, they were both off balance. Hoaglander's leg goes there as he's doing this move. I think the shoulder to try to pull, sort of try to pull him down, I think that was intentional. I think putting the foot there wasn't. Mm. But again, I don't know, right? I'm not in his mind. However, based on the letter of the law. Yeah. It was a slew foot. I mean, the foot was there. He pulled him down that way. Right. And by the letter of the law, that's a match penalty. Now I would, if I, if that wasn't the case, I would have said, I would have said, eh, it's, it's probably two. Like, yeah. I don't know, even though we did get hurt. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like it's, it's roughing really. I mean, intent to injure is such like a, a silly term to me because it's like, yeah, you can get a fight with somebody you're trying to hurt them. You know, you can, you can cross check a guy in the back right into the into the post and you get two minutes for cross checking, but you were trying to hurt him, right? There's yeah. so many uh, intents to injure throughout <laughs> hockey games and you're trying to make the guy feel it, right? Um, that, you know, but letter of the law, it's it was a slew foot and it is a game. Um, and if it was against anyone but the Sharks, that might have been very bad for, right. for the Canucks in this one. Yeah, funny. It forced uh, talking to they they switched Bovillian to Giuseppe, and then they had to rotate the other five guys through with no no six guy on the bottom six. By the way, um, is it true or not true that uh, is there an automatic one game suspension with a match or no? It's still no. There's oh. an automatic review and a hearing. Okay. Um, but they don't have. I think if it's in the last X minutes, um, mm -hmm. I think ten. Then yeah. Um, but I don't think it's an, it, there's no automatic suspension, but there is a hearing. 
I'm looking at it. I, I don't think he gets an extra game. I actually don't think so either. Yeah. I, I and the thing is, like, he might. He, there was a chance he doesn't even play next game, anyways. So, <laughs> uh, with the way the lineup's going, but yeah, it's um, it was an unfortunate play. I mean, it sucks that LeBanc got hurt. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think there was real like intent to cause real injury. Right. Um, but it was technically a slew foot, which is technically a match. And no surprise, Darren says was just watching the Sharks live chat, and they think Hoglander should be crucified. Of course, you're going to stand up for your yeah, player, yeah. And yeah. we'd be in a similar boat, I bet. Um, yeah. Right? The thing yeah. is, are they biased? Yes. Are are we? Ob- yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Everyone mm-hmm. has a bias, um, so it's yeah. uh, you know it's hard to hard to yeah. get around it sometimes. Lucas, thank you for the donation. We're going to highlight the donations at the very end of the show, but thank you. And we know that you uh, you were there at the arena, which is awesome. We know that it was Autism Acceptance Night, and we know you're a great advocate for for cause, that particular cause. So uh, thank you for the donation, and keep up the thank great you. Work. Yeah, keep up the great work, Lucas. Good job. So Canucks go to a five minute kill, which is scary. They're up a goal, right? Sharks can easily get one. They could even get two coming into the end of the period. Um, You know, it's three and a half minutes or sorry. It's one and a half minute uh, in the second. And then three and a half will carry over to the third. If I remember that correctly. Um, So Sharks honestly don't do much on the power play. Great kill from the Canucks. They're keeping everything out. They're keeping everything out. And then Dakota Joshua on this PK makes such a great play to break up the play on the point, get the puck out. And then the Canucks get the puck in deep. They get a line change. Essentially Phil Giuseppe just turns away from the puck, gets off the ice, um, which allows Bluger to jump on as Lafferty just goes and wins a battle on the penalty kill. I have to imagine this is just good situational awareness from Lafferty. He probably knows, Hey, when I was on the way down the ice, there was 11 seconds on the clock, right? <laughs> you know, they, they keep track of how much time's left. He knows that, you know, I can go in deep. The odds that they come the other way in, in that time is pretty low, right? So I'm just going to go all out. And it works. I mean, he goes, he wins the puck battle in the corner. He gets the puck out to Bluger, who's who's skating in. Teddy Bluger cannot buy a goal <laughs> tonight, um, but his rebound, uh, Lafferty comes out of the corner and puck's just sitting there and he, he jams it in with less than a second to go. Now... I thought I saw in the replay. Did someone was it Lafferty or Bluger that won the battle on the on the side? And like, did a San Jose player either fall on the puck or fall over? So, like, there's a breakdown too, right? In the in the corner to get. The I puck think out. so. Yeah, yeah I, I think Lafferty yeah. ended up just winning the battle. And I don't think that guy got up after. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, obviously, you never want to give up a shorthanded goal, you, and you never want to give up a goal in the last not let alone minute second of a, of a period and that could have been a backbreaker it was sort of a backbreaker it wasn't a complete backbreaker because san jose ends up getting one back but still like you that's horrible that's horrible yeah typically and i i looked at that goal that happened and i'm like god that's game like like genuinely yeah. like, that's such a deflator for teams and it helped that they had three and a half minutes of power play coming back um because when you're a team that's what i said on my post game like look the sharks aren't even scoring two goals a game right now this season right yes. now we have to go about and get two in the next period to tie it Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a tall order, right? Uh, and they, they, of course, uh, they get one back in the third, um, that shot that just hits Myers, I think in the hands, um, it might, yeah. it looked like the gut, but it might've been hands. No, I, I, just, I agree with you. Yeah. It just drops right in front of him to hurdle <laughs> and Myers is just standing there like this <laughs> and the hurdle just, just snipes it essentially a quick snapshot. Um, we which, should, we shouldn't, we shouldn't laugh, but the, I know the, the insensitive fan and I admit 
part of me was yelling at Myers for just standing there doubled over. Probably he's in excruciating pain. Like right. I, I get it. He's a tough guy. I'm not you quibble all you want about his mistakes, whatever. But I'm sure anyone who gets hit in the wrist with a puck is gonna Yeah, for sure. It's just a funny visual. <laughs> uh, especially because he didn't miss a shift, right? Like if he was yeah. out for the game from that, I wouldn't be joking yeah. about it. But yeah. he came right back. Um <laughs> so they, they, they get one back. Uh, and then at the end of this power play, uh, the Sharks three and a half minutes, um, again, really good penalty kill the rest of the way, um, yeah. especially from guys like Pedersen and Miller. And then Pedersen just ends up going for a skate. Uh, lose me. We back. Yep. We're back. Okay. Yeah. Um, Pedersen just ends up going for a skate down the ice at the end of this penalty takes it to the corner. Uh, instead of taking a shot. And then as he goes off for a change, he does a little quick glance around. He finds six white jerseys around him and he just, he stops at the San Jose bench and just starts tapping the boards and yelling at the ref as the sixth guys try to get off. Elias Pettersson draws so many penalties and for like, he should get credit for that too as yeah. one. Um, but I mean, the heads up awareness that that's something the officials should be, should be tracking, not him. Yeah, that that was pretty funny. Unfortunately, he didn't he didn't score, so he's not fighting uh, uh, for the scoring lead in the NHL at least for one night. But uh, that was a very very important contribution. <laughs> yeah, um, power play doesn't do anything um, on that one, but it was funny. The Canucks do get their third though. Um, this one's all Philip Hronik, who doesn't even get a point, which is unfortunate because <laughs> um, I guess Besser touched it at some point on the yeah. play to the net. Um, just. Great job walking the blue line, creating space, looking like Quinn Hughes out there. I mean, what a what a strong pairing that is in the offensive zone. Yeah. Gets it over to Hughes. He goes for the tip pass uh, for Miller. Miller gets the rebound, and it's it's three one. And that's I mean, there's still 13 minutes left, but it's it's San Jose. The the odds of them pulling it back are are pretty low. No, and I really like Miller. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, it with a wonderful effort there. Hughes with a really good tip. Uh, yeah, I didn't even see that Besser tipped it on the way to Miller, who tipped it. But I love the way I think Miller fought off Hurdle, and uh, he had Hurdle all over his back, and was able to push it past uh, Blackwood. So that was excellent. That was an excellent goal by Miller. And it's, yeah, it not. I agree with you, Parker. That kind of sealed the deal. You didn't think even San Jose was. You didn't think they were going to come back from two to one, let alone three to one. So that wasn't even though they were, like you said, thirteen minutes left. I had zero zero. In fact, I even did my tweet. My my I drafted it saying uh, you know come. Let's go talk about the Canucks win. And I was very confident saying that. It's risky. It's risky. I, but I don't I don't believe in superstition. I mean, I I I'm I don't know. I know you're not a, a gambler, but the odds yeah. coming into this game, yeah. the Canucks were like minus four hundred, which means you have to bet four hundred dollars to win a hundred. It's, yeah. it's four to one essentially odds. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, it's is that five? That's five to one, I think. Yeah. That's so unheard of for a hockey game. Because there's so much randomness in hockey, right? So for that to go the Canucks way, that's very surprising. Um, yeah. So yeah, they yep. weren't they weren't they weren't getting back in this one. Um, big block from JT Miller though uh, with the yep. goalie pulled, yeah, which was nice. Uh, was and nice. then Hronik takes a stick to the face, which ends the game. <laughs> Canucks go to the power play. And speaking of blocks, um, we took out a few of their guys too. <laughs> there was a lot of Granlin. <laughs> they took out one of their own guys too uh in the in the first i think there was a lot of a lot of pucks hitting skates yeah. um one that one was to the knee i think it was um was it granland who took that yes. puck right to the side of the knee yeah that cannot feel good yeah and then uh didn't bros get hit in the face too i think so yeah yeah there, there's so, a lot going on. 
Yeah, a very uh, lots of pucks hitting people uh, in this one, but it's a good bounce back game. Uh, the Canucks needed it. Uh, I mean, it's it's obviously not a must win, right? But um, you know, they with the strong start they had, you want them to build up as many points as possible. And these games against the Sharks, you just you just have to win them, right? Yeah. Um, so they go to thirteen five and one. Uh, they've still won seven of their last ten, even though they've only won three of their last six because uh, <laughs> they won the four before that. So. Uh, yeah, just a, just a, a much needed, pretty easy win. Yeah. And I know we led with this, but, um, you're right. It's not must win. It's not, it's, it's just the start of the season, but you don't want to get even in that mental habit of losing to divisional teams that you should be beating. And, and I know we're going to get to it now in a couple minutes, but, um, yeah, especially coming off a, a rather listless performance against Seattle on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to go reverse order or should we jump back to Wednesday? Dealer's choice, whatever you feel like. I think we should jump back. Let's go back in time. Let's go sure. back to Wednesday. Um, Islanders in town. We'll keep these ones a little quick because we did spend a lot of time on this one. <laughs> but we rarely, uh, there's rarely games on Mondays. So yeah. um, we rarely get to talk about them. Um, so let's go back to Wednesday. Bo Horvat's return. Um, and this one's a, a Canucks win, which was nice to get. Um, didn't look good from the start though. You have uh, a couple of, uh, again, it's hard for me to remember goals this far back. Um, but you do have the Islanders scoring two in the first period. You have an Engvall goal and then you have Nelson scoring just a minute and a half later. Um, early troubles, both power play goals for the Islanders. Uh, Cox PK still is, is a little iffy. Hey, yeah, I'm trying to remember the Engvall one. Was that, uh, oh, I can't remember these goals quite frankly. I can probably tell you in like a few seconds. Okay. Uh, it was just a shot on the power play, top of the face-off circle. It was nothing okay. special. It was one that Demko would probably want back. Um, and, and then the second goal is that one that uh, uh, Nelson just sort of had the shot. The rebound went right across the goal line, basically to the side, and he just swatted it and then slide and it slid over Demko. Okay. Um, okay. So not a great start. No, in that Islanders no. game. But second period, Canucks, the power play merchants that they are, uh, come back out and we have one of, uh, oh, sorry, this wasn't the JT Miller shot that I thought it was. Um, this is just a Leon Dreisaitl-esque one-timer uh, that he gets on the cross-ice pass from Lewis Patterson. Great vision from Patterson firing yeah. across. Um, and JT Miller doesn't really get all of it. It's a low shot. The goalie gets a piece of it, but it sneaks through. Um, so it's 2-1. Things are good. You know, it's not that bad. And then guess who scores? <laughs> I know. And it, and it was, it was Hughes actually made a very uncharacteristic giveaway up the right boards. And then I, I, I'll give full credit. Barzell and Horvat, they, they played a little bit of give and go, and they were so yeah. patient. I'm not sure where the rest of our guys were, but they were able to pass it back and forth a couple well, times. JT Miller was slowly drifting into center ice because <laughs> Hughes Puck never made it to him. So he's, right. he just gave up on the play, which okay, was a bit of shades of last year, but yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Horvat, uh, Brazil to Horvat, back to Brazil, and then back to Horvat, and uh, was it one timer, one timer snap? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a give and go one timer essentially. Okay, okay. yeah, and a, a goal that we've seen both score many times here for our team, and um, well, what it when it happened. Uh, honestly, my first thought, okay, I think you had a game over that night, right? My first thought was, please, please don't let this be the game winning goal. I don't care if we lose. Well, I, I do care, but if we lose in extra time, as long as this isn't the game winning goal and it turned out not to be, thank goodness. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the Canucks get another power play, <laughs> which is always good. Uh, this was beautiful from JT Miller. Brock yes. Besser is is sitting in the in the slot, the little bump play down to Miller, mm-hmm. and he just sauces it. Just nice little feather. It lands right on Brock Besser's stick. You have the visual of the four guys just surrounding him and Brock Besser standing right in the middle as they all converge <laughs> and uh, just quickly goes far side, just gets enough of it. Um, so through two, the Canucks are alive. They're just down one goal going into the third in this one. Yeah. Three. Yeah. 13th goal for Besser. He's only behind, uh, there's two guys ahead of him, right? Matthews and someone else for the goal scoring lead, which is pretty darn impressive. Yeah. Very good, uh, for Besser. So we go to the third, the Canucks get that two minute five on three. Um, cause one guy gets hooked and another guy gets tripped or vice versa. If I both on Kuzmenko. Yeah, both, both on, Kuzmenko. on Kuzmenko, which was great. Um, Cox really like this was this is one of those things where it's like, hey, if the Islanders kill this off, the game's over, right? Mm-hmm. You have to score. Um, because otherwise they have all the momentum. Yeah. Canucks just sort of set up for a while. They really don't get much done. And then finally, Hughes and Hronik swap sides. Because Hronik gets the puck at the point, he plays it over to Hughes, and then Hughes walks the line um and and swap sides with Philip Hronik, and yeah. they just set up the one T. And it's a bomb from Philip Hronick. Um, just perfect placement. It's right above the pad, far post, 109 miles an hour, whatever they said it was, even though that's not what it actually was. But yeah. it was 100 plus, 100.37. You see Miller flinched in front of the net. <laughs> it was funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a scary one coming. Uh, Hronick's got a, uh, he's got a rocket on him. And uh, yeah, three power play goals for the Canucks um, yes. to, to tie this one up. And we must mention Kuzmenko because not only does Kuzmenko draw the two penalties on one play, which is very impressive to have uh, them go down five on three. But then prior to that shot, I talk about flinching. Miller's blasts him in the face, uh, in the, I guess, chin. It was weird, Parker, because when I saw it, um, um, I wasn't at the game. I was watching, but that time I was home from church and I saw uh, Kuzmenko go down. But then you look for, well, you don't look for blood. There was no blood. So then they say, what well, did you get hit in the chest? Was it kind of in the neck, which is everything's still scary. And yeah. I guess it caught him here, but it wasn't like bleeding profusely, I guess. Yeah. yeah. The kicking was the scary part. Yeah. Right? He went down, yeah. he was kicking his skates. I'm like, oh no. And, I, and it looked like, like collarbone or mm. like throat even. I was like, oh no, like, please be okay. Yeah. Um, somehow he's out in front of the cameras the next day with a big smile on his face and an <laughs> enormous bruise on his chin. Um, I mean, uh, how can you not love the guy at that point? No. <laughs> right? like he's just, yeah, nothing phases him. Um, yeah. did you see the quote from Kuzmenko when he was like, it's all in broken English. Like JT tells me go in front of the net. I shoot, you stand there. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, uh, he's, he's, he always says, well, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> he's like, JT is a hard shot. <laughs> so like that. I get hit know, in the face. I like it. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Canucks then just sort of hang on for the rest of the third, um, go in survival mode. Both teams. Okay. To go to OT. Yep. Um, Canucks had all the, all the control in overtime. Um, and it's funny. I think this was this right after that quote, because remember they were they had this like news thing going around. I was like, oh, they might make overtime. Yeah, you know, two you days might not prior. be able to like double back or whatever yeah, in overtime. Yeah, yeah that's and correct. then Elias Patterson's like, I don't know, just like be better, be better <laughs> hockey. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, what do they do? Um, JT Miller, I think he had missed a pass earlier in the overtime that would have been a breakaway, uh, and then he finds Quinn Hughes on the breakaway, no. and uh, he can't miss right now, and he finishes yeah. it. 
And this one was interesting because I, I had some fun with this. I bought a new green screen, so I was just fooling around with like a like a breakdown video. And uh, a lot of people wanted to, to blame Horvat. And if you guys remember the play, it was actually uh, Besser rimmed it around to Hughes. Barzell follows the puck, follows Hughes. And then when Hughes passes it to Miller across ice, Barzell comes off of Hughes and then joins Pellet in checking Miller. Horvat's two steps behind Hughes. Miller fakes going back to Besser. Hughes takes off and then he, he, he seems it to him. And he scores. And then I know a lot of people want to blame, blame Bo, but I was like in the video, well, why did Marzell peel off when he knew he was the one that forced Hughes to make the first pass? But then I talked to my hockey buddy, and Parker, I love your quick comment on this. My guy, my season ticket partner, Mike, who plays a lot of hockey, competitive level, he said, no, Barzell did the right thing, checking Miller. Pellet should have backed off as last man back, and Horvat should have seen Hughes streaking. So I don't know, uh, streaking in that. So I don't know if you'd agree with that take. Yeah, it was a real team effort, I think, on on that uh, that blown coverage. Um, yeah, Horvat's sort of going. I mean, honestly, where Horvat's skating, he's looking to prevent that pass to Hughes, right? Right. Hughes right. Is, he's thinking Hughes is going to sort of stay on that wall, and Miller's going to pass it back, and they're going to turn up ice. So Horvat goes to just sort of be in that passing lane, yeah. and Hughes just darts away. Now, yeah, the the Islanders' defenseman, his job there is to not be beat by anybody right he's right. just needs to always be between the closest guy in the net um yeah. so really it's it's sort of a team there, there's a few mistakes being made there um but Hughes is just so quick and he jumps on that lane so quick and and Miller sees him before anyone else does yeah, yeah. um I mean you know there's there's some blame to go around but it's also just a great play yeah I like it I like it that's my new one today I like it <laughs> so good win uh, that's the one we'll spend the most time on, I think, out of the next two. Okay, okay. Because um, because the next two are, are pretty miserable. Um, <laughs> Canucks have to hop on a plane and go right to the Flames. It's a 6 p.m. start, so you lose an hour there um, and the flight and whatever. Um, and they flew that night, didn't they, after the game? They got in so at 2.30. They, yeah. They got, yeah, you get in at 2.30. Like, you don't get a great rest. Um, it's, it's a scheduled loss, like back to back on a travel and a shortened time. Like it's a scheduled loss. Uh, and the Canucks sure did lose. Uh, they get out shot 39 to 22. You have a Pedersen goal, at least to start, um, just sort of a, a classic Pedersen face off circle slap shot, which was great. I mean, Markstrom didn't even move, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was, which was fantastic. Um, honestly though, like the rest of this game, the Canucks just looked slow. They yeah. were just tired and they, they just looked bad. Yeah. And this is, um, this was DeSmith, right? DeSmith who plays every yep. Saturday night game, apparently, uh, except for one so far. So, and it was his first regulation loss, but yeah, uh, the Dubé goal leaked through him. The Hannafin goal was a team effort of poor defensive play, right? Not cut, taking that short side and putting it behind himself. So, and then uh, you have Huberto score. Yeah, it was weird. That was the one where all five Calgary goal scorers scored their third, um, third goal of the season, which is, which is absolutely strange. And then an empty mm -hmm. netter. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to like about the Canucks game. I, I think you're right. I think the travel had a little bit to do with it for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they just didn't look good. And and I, I really, I, I sat there after that game and I'm like, Hey, don't like, can't look into this. Like you, you just can't put that much stock into this game. Yeah. Um, you know, you want it. It sucks that it's a division rival and it's Calgary and they, they've found their footing a little bit, uh, at least at this time. Um, and, and you just want to, you know, keep this winning streak alive, but you know, it's not, uh, it's not the end of the world. They lost this one. Yeah. I'm not sure why I said Saturday. This was a Thursday night. Um, so, but still it was it, the, the point stands. It was dismissed first regulation loss 
of the year. Yeah. Which is pretty so good. Then we go to Saturday. Yep. Uh, Kraken in town. I missed this game. I had hockey that night. Oh. Uh, perfect 8.30 start, so you just don't get to see any of it. I watched <laughs> the first period in the dressing room. Um, so I'll let you uh, I'll let you take the take the reins yeah. on this one. Uh, really quick, I, w- I was at this game. I was at this game, um, excited to be there. And uh, we and I know you and I on separate trips are both going to go see Vancouver and Seattle next weekend, right? For the for the rematch. Yeah, I think so. Pretty cool. So JT Miller starts the he starts the the, the goal the, the scoring when there's a puck that leaked through their goalie and Grubauer, and then it was sitting there basically on the uh, behind him, and then JT Miller swoops swoops in and and gets it over the line just before it gets swept really- out. They review and they go up one nothing, which is good. Then Alexiat scores on a horrible line change by Petey's line. Uh, definitely Petey did not look good. A drop pass from Benier to Alexiak. It's one one. A big slapper that usually you see Demko stop, but that went through. And then Everly, Everly's wrist shots. Is this the one? I'm trying to think of what I'm just looking at it right now. It looks like there was a shot. Everybody but, lost the puck, and that's it just right. Was in. We weren't sure how it went in. We were screaming. We didn't know if it was a high stick. They reviewed it. But yeah, it snuck through Demko and it was 2-1. But then Hughes scores yet another goal. Um, uh, and it says slap shot. I'm just looking at this one. Just a rocket. Oh, yeah. He just came in and s- smoked it. So 2-2. 2-2 going to the third period. And then uh, Gord's tip in. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember all these replays. This was two nights ago. I still can't remember it. <laughs> um, what, yeah, Gord's essentially... Goal. The Canucks are just scrambling around in their zone. Um, yeah. Borgen fires it in front. As Gord's falling down, he gets the stick on it right. uh, and ramps it in. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, you can tell how, how how much I love it when other teams score. I can't remember them. But I do remember the Beneers goal because Everly basically somehow made Tyler Myers fall down in the corner by himself. <laughs> yeah, and then Beneers is just alone in the slot. Just a, just a big defensive breakdown. Um, yep. Connects pull Demko for about two minutes left. They take a timeout, get all excited. And then Hoglander uh, gets a very uh, kind of a, a good hand-eye, uh, mucky-mucky goal with 11 seconds left. And then it's amazingly, Parker, the Canucks had two chances. And I, I just got to tell you about this one play. This was so fascinating because I was with my season t- uh, ticket, uh, ticket partner, Mike, who understands hockey. He thinks that the Canucks on the face-off down 4-3 with 11 seconds left with Demko pulled. He thinks that they tried to automatically misdirect uh, the Kraken because they were doing all this movement on the left side of the faceoff circle with PD and stuff, almost like uh, in football when you when you are doing some motion behind the line of scrimmage, and then all that was happening on the left, and then they dropped the puck and they r- r- raced down the right side. Maybe it was just a fluke that's where the puck went, and they got a decent shot off. And then there was like eight, five seconds left, and then they still got a, a, a decent shot off. So at least they had two chances to give us a, a tiny glimmer of hope, but was all for naught yeah it sucks too like again the kraken are a team that this team should beat yeah um did they look slow did they look tired in this one or, or um, what, what was the was it just bounces no, didn't go their way no i think i think they played them pretty even the first two actually the whole it was the shots were nine eight 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 nine eight so from a shot perspective i didn't see any team dominate the other team but i did think that um seattle seemed hungrier in the, in the third period when they got those two goals. And I know Rick Tockett always talks about the three S's structure systems and staples, uh, the staples being hard to play against a good first pass, all those things playing on the rails, as he always said. And I think the Canucks did get a little bit away from it. And, and, and this is the game where uh, Parker Tockett said that he needs guys to play a little bit tougher. Yeah. Looking at natural stat trick, um, yeah. 
high danger chances in this game end up being 13 to six in favor of Seattle. Yeah. Uh, especially in that third period, seven to two uh, mm. is the big difference maker. Expected goals, 2.57 to 1.75. For so Seattle. Again, in, yep. the, in Seattle's favor at a, a 60 40 clip. Yep. Um, Corsi Canucks led 55 46 like and and Fenwick which is you know shots on target uh, at least or, or blocked 35 36 so again basically even yep. overall shots like you said basically even scoring chances yep. basically even it's those high dangers right that's where the expected yeah. goals come from it's the it's the high danger ones yep. um and uh yeah Canucks uh, allowed a few more yeah when I think about it uh at least Alexiak's first goal Benier's fourth goal they're uncontested from the slot and those are obviously high danger chances <laughs> yeah that makes it tough Yes. Um, definitely makes it tough on your goalie, especially. Um, but they bounce back tonight, which is great. Um, yeah. So really, it's a 2-2 week, which, you know, we'd love to see better. But, you know, we've uh, we've asked for a lot lately. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like we said, that puts the Canucks at 27 points in 19 games. Uh, coming into tonight, at least for the, for the Athletic, uh, the Canucks were sitting at a 92% chance at 103 points projected. I doubt that changes with a win over the Sharks because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure they were projected to get two points in almost every simulation um, that the Athletic ran. Um, but either way, um, still second in the Pacific, two points up with the Kings. Kings do have a couple games in hand. But yeah. again, if we're again, playoffs is, is what is what we want. Right? We just want to see the team in the mix in April. Uh, they've got a, a nice healthy gap. The the teams yeah. in the in wildcard two both have 19 points. And then beneath that, it's two 500 teams. It's the Ducks at nine and nine. It's the Coyotes at eight, eight and two. Uh, and then you have the Flames on a, you know, moving up a little bit. I mean, five, three and two in their last 10. It's better than Edmonton, uh, but they're still 10 points back. It's funny, Parker, that you mentioned uh, the Dom Lecision's athletic model. I believe that's the same art, uh, model that has the Sharks with 0% chance of making the playoffs. Like yes. Zero. Deserved. Deserved zero. It is zero. <laughs> They've been at zero since the before the season started. Uh, day one of the NHL season, he had them at zero. Uh, wow. The only team in the league uh, projected sixty-seven points. They've wow. been worse. Now they're projected to get fifty-two points. That is approaching Colorado from twenty eighteen or nineteen or seventeen, whatever futility. But yeah. then they turn around and win a cup. So. Maybe maybe yeah, there's some method to madness. Yeah. It's it's nearing historic levels. I mean. Oh. The capital, they're not going to be the 75 capitals, right? They won eight games all year. <laughs> so that might be a little bit tough. Um, but I think like for goals per game, they're last in history. They showed that graphic on the screen on, on the, the game tonight. They have like, what's their, what's their goals per game right now? They have 27 goals in 18 games. So 1.5 goals per game right now for the Sharks. Right. That is... <laughs> so ridiculously bad. I mean, on the Canucks are at like four. That was the graphic above, where the right the five teams after them. It was all from the 1930s. <laughs> I, I yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah, and and Shorty had the quip about like, oh, they're all playing against Cheech at the time. Yeah, very so, good, very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the Sharks are bad. The sharks are bad. Okay, so I guess we should pre- speaking of Sharks and and Kraken, we get to play them again. I guess we get to preview the next three games now. Yeah, next three. So Wednesday, the Canucks got to travel all the way to Colorado. Not a quick flight, really. You know, it's a. Do you know if they're traveling tonight? Uh, I hope not. they usually would. I would assume, but yeah. then yeah, you really you wouldn't get into probably like six a.m. local. <laughs> they're two hours ahead, so maybe not. Maybe yeah. maybe you sleep here, you fly there tomorrow. You're not practicing anyways. Yeah. 
Um, yep. And it'll probably be a very limited morning skate even on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's a game that'll be tough. Uh, the Avs are obviously good. They're 11 and 6. Right. Uh, you're on the road. Again, this team's pretty fatigued. Um, the Avalanche uh, lost to the Preds today 4-3, but they've been pretty hot, right? They beat yeah. the Stars 6-3. They beat the Ducks 8-2 last week. They beat mm-hmm. the Kraken 5-1. Um, so the Avs have been looking good. That'll be by far their toughest game of the week yes. for the Canucks. And you have game over that night i think we talked yes. about right yeah oh exciting exciting yeah colorado that's always a marquee matchup i love and a simple easy comparable has always been this hughes versus mccarr debate and i think we can agree up until this year you you'd give the edge to mccarr but it's kind of nice that we're walking as hughes being the right now at least this season being known as a better defenseman so i, I can't wait i think it's been a lot yeah, of fun it's- this year, it's actually debate, right? It hasn't yeah. been really. And then people have tried to make it one. And I've always said, look, McCarr is just so good. Um, and and he has been, again, yeah. this year, he's been so good. Yep. But now he's at least making it interesting. Uh, I mean, McCarr always just scored more goals, right? That yep. was a big thing. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, had more points anyways. Um, but yeah, the way Hughes is playing, it'll just be fun, right? Like, a perfect world, they both get like four points. Uh, yep. I mean, just like from an, an entertainment perspective. Obviously, I'd prefer that the Canucks win. So maybe not yep. four points for McCarr. But um it'll be an entertaining one yeah ashley parker i just looked it up i uh mccarr has 27 points in 19 in 17 games so he has two games in hand and using that average he's basically right on hughes's uh pace so so he's yeah. going to become the fourth defenseman in nhl history to have that 30 points in less than 20 games yep. that's crazy <laughs> it is just crazy um yeah the abs are it's going to be a high scoring one too. I mean, the yeah. abs are involved in a lot of high scoring games. You know, they're averaging about four or about that's about four goals a game almost uh, as well. Just like the Canucks yeah. are maybe a little bit less, uh, yeah. but they also allow more goals than the Canucks do. Um, so Good. should be a, should be a fun one. Awesome. Awesome. So that's Wednesday. I agree. The toughest of the three games for sure. And the Canucks fly all the way back here, essentially to Seattle um, on to play on Friday night at climate pledge um which will be fun we will um, both be there we will both be there uh, differently but the same yes <laughs> um so that'll be fun uh either way though i mean kraken have weirdly had the canucks number yeah it's it's bizarre but they have they beat them twice in preseason they they beat them this week um we i i would love to just see a a, a big bounce back here me too me too i and there's no rivalry, Parker. You and I have talked about this before. Until some, either something dirty happens between them, or you at least play one playoff series. Right yeah. now, it's 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 not a rivalry. It's uh yeah, we want to beat them. They want to beat us. We don't want them to be better than us because they they just came in the league two seasons ago. But overall, it's not really a rivalry just yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's Friday, and then again, quick turnaround. The Canucks then have to fly to San Jose, <laughs> and uh, and play the Sharks again. Again, the the schedule is tough, but you still have to beat the Sharks. You mm-hmm. absolutely have to. What do you think? What do you think goaltending is going to be this week? Um, obviously, the Canucks play Wednesday. That's got to be Demko, right? Yeah, I'm going Demko to Smith. Demko. You think they give to Smith the Kraken, and then Demko gets the Sharks on Saturday? Yeah, because I do like. Oh man, I do like. I guess Demko's played the last two against Seattle and again. I don't know. There's something about the fact that Demko has not lost to the Sharks in t- in ten games in his career. Uh, just mentally, that's a big. I think that's a big advantage. So I'd mm-hmm. go that way. I'd go that way. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I'd I'd prefer to see Demko obviously being at the game on Friday. 
Um, Good point. Yeah. But, you know, I and, and part of me is like, ah, it's the Sharks. Like, that's, you know, if, you, if your goal is let's take fatigue out of it, let's take the recent games played out of it, you yep. look at this and say, okay, I want the better goalie against Seattle than yep. yeah, San Jose, yep. right? That's fair. However, DeSmith has been really good also. Um, and Demko's played, you know, a decent amount lately. I mean, the Canucks have been busy, right? He played Wednesday, Saturday, and today, uh, this mm-hmm. last week. Um, and if he plays, if you were to play Wednesday, Saturday, and then he wouldn't have to play till Tuesday, that's a nice little two day gap, two day gap, um, to maybe give him at least a little bit of, a little bit of rest instead right. of going just like you're playing Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, friday right like just four two-day gaps you'd like with to travel get, yeah with all that travel you'd like to get yeah. to smith in one of those so i think that probably is the way it'll yeah. shake out as well and viper makes a really good point in the chat says san jose yeah we know that he's from the the bay area or, um and then not not that True. you you start a guy just for that but he's he's gonna be motivated to play well yeah we'll see yep. maybe maybe they go demco to smith demco yeah that makes sense so what's your prediction uh man two and one two and one i i two and one is like the looking at the teams it makes sense but man they they've looked just a little slow lately and that scares me a little bit i i think the avs are going to be a tough one yeah um the sharks they will beat it's that kraken game right i I think they they lose to the avs they beat the sharks and then that kraken game could it'll be a toss-up i think with all that travel, I'll go. Gonna, I'll go two gonna, and one. Okay, I'll go two okay. and one. But that Kraken game's going to OT. Fair enough. They're not going to lose with both of us being there. They, they won't can't. Lose. They can't. No, Come they on. never lose when I'm there on the road. <laughs> Just ignore the first few games <laughs> of last season. Your record is stellar. <laughs> Actually, yeah. now that I think about it, please stay home. Can you? Can you give your ticket? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, hey, I went when I was a kid. I went to a Canucks game in Arizona. Yeah. And the Canucks won like seven four. Okay, fair, fair, fair. That's my one, my one, uh, my one claim to them doing okay on the road for me. You know what's crazy, Parker? I've been a season ticket holder for fourteen years now. Uh, of course, those are home games. I've been to not a lot. Like I, I'm not a champion where I've been to all thirty one other arenas, but I've been to seven or eight to watch NHL hockey games. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen the Canucks play away. This is my first time. Ever interesting, yeah, just yeah. Been to other games, yeah. I've I've been uh, I've been Calgary. I've been to uh, Washington. I've been to Atlanta when they had a team. I've been to uh, a couple in the in the states, uh, in states like California, Ottawa. I've been, um, yeah. But this will be my first Canucks game. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, my one road game that I was at that wasn't a Canucks game was in New York, probably mm. ten years ago, I think. And that was that was the Leafs at least, so that was a fun one. Oh, that's cool. Um, Do you remember who won? Pardon me. Do you remember who won that game? The Rangers won in a shootout. So you're happy. And we had Leafs fans right behind us. Yes, we were happy. Um, <laughs> awesome. So that was fun. Um, awesome. Awesome. But yeah, no, all the other all the other ones I've been to the three Californias, Seattle, mm-hmm. and then yep. that's last year I did Philly, Washington. Right. I think that was it. Did you? Think? And you're not. I don't know. Yeah. Either way. And you and I have both been a climate pledge. You actually saw the Canucks play there, right? I was there yeah, for a playoff year. game to watch Seattle uh, lose to Dallas, but we wanted to go check mm-hmm. out the arena. Yeah, I don't know why. But yeah, so great arena. It's it's amazing. It makes it kind of makes Rogers Arena look like a dump, honestly. Like <laughs> it's it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Me too. Um, 
other things. So let's let's get to um, the donations that come in. Thank you guys very much. Uh, Spartan said we only lose to real teams like the Flames. Okay, I don't know if we're going to call the Flames a real team yet. Um, we did also lose to um, you know the Maple Leafs, which isn't great. But <laughs> um, also saying that three B Quinn Hughes is better than McCarr. It's it's so close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Lucas uh, with the ten dollars saying, "Hey, I'll just uh, walk into the door for coming from the game tonight. Epic game. That's all. Great night to support the autistic yes. community. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you very much, Lucas. Yeah. For your donation. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, always a always a good time against the bad teams <laughs> if they're if they're as bad as the Sharks are. Yes. Um. Yeah. A couple of things that I wanted to chat about while we're here. Um, six days ago, we had a note that Patrick Alvine says that they're chipping away at a contract extension on Elias Pettersson. Mm. Um, how much money are you ready to to throw at Elias Pettersson? So I can say two things. Um, I've always said, make him a $100 million player. Eight times 12 and a half. Okay. Yeah. That, and I'm not the first person to say it. I won't be the last, but I feel I feel confident in that take. But Parker, you, I know you, you listen to sports. You've heard some things. More and more insiders are saying why not go for a four or five year contract as opposed to eight line it a bit more close to the hues uh, uh maybe get him a bit cheaper aav maybe you don't want to commit to pd when he's past 30 all these things so I, i'm not sure i've i've completely flipped but i to me it was always a no-brainer that it was going to be eight eight years but so if it's eight to answer your question i'm going eight times 12.5 because i think he's not going to make uh mckinnon and and mcdavid money but he's going to surpass all those guys like Tavares in the 11 million dollar range and then if you go shorter if you go four or five years i feel i still think he's making 11 and a half to 11 11 and a half yeah yeah and that is think? mcdavid money mcdavid does make 12 and a half oh thank um, you thank you thank you um but that was like years ago that he signed right. it by 12 and a half yeah. so it's a big difference and there's a lot of our there's rfa years on that of course too what do you think um yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I don't want four years. I don't want five years. Give him eight. Like, let's let's get it done. He, yep. he should be he should be in a Canucks uniform forever. <laughs> um, I like he doesn't play a style of like he's not a particularly like fast skater. Like he's a fine skater, mm-hmm. um, but he like doesn't play a super physical game. Although he gets a bit involved. Like it's it's a very cerebral game. Like mm-hmm. really good passing, a great shot. I don't really see it deteriorating dramatically right when he's that's 31 fair. 32 right right the stars are usually the exception to those those age curves right people are like oh you look at you know crosby didn't get bad yeah because he's fantastic right <laughs> like that's usually the differentiator it's it's the middle of the pack guys that deteriorate sort right. of into the early to, to mid to late 30s that age yes. curve really uh, takes down but i he's going to be worth every penny especially when that cap goes up um, and I don't, you know, you say like, oh, I'll line up with Quinn Hughes. I don't want Quinn Hughes to have any reason to leave either. Right. Like, mm-hmm. let's just keep him here forever. Um, <laughs> 12 and a half million. If that's what it takes, that's fine by me. He's worth it easily. Yeah. Um, yep. and, uh, yeah, I'd have no problem with that. Cool. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's get it done. Um, and then the other big one was Carson Susie, oh. um, who went from week to week to six to eight weeks yeah. with a yes. lower body injury. Um, yeah which means we're going to see a lot of Noah Juleson. Yeah. Our defense certainly looks a lot weaker when you take Carson Zussi a lineup because now basically you have to play two of three of Juleson, Friedman, and Hirose, who, who's played only one game. Man, uh, people are asking, why isn't Susie and Neltea? They will. He will. Um, you can do it retroactively. So don't worry. It's it's um, And you get the cap savings retroactively. But um Sometimes you don't put a guy on LTR right away just in case miraculously he comes back before 
that that two week period. So, but that's not going to be the case with with Susie, Obviously, uh, I don't know, Parker, if this speeds up the necessity to trade someone to free up a bit of space to get Ethan Bear, even though Ethan Bear is a right hander. I don't know if this means Zadorov to Vancouver has more legs. I don't know. There, it's, it's kind of fascinating. They maybe they're working on something behind the scenes that we don't know about. It. This regime is very good about keeping things under wraps compared to the previous one. That's for sure. Yeah, the the front office did a really good job of having six defensemen, essentially, right? They yeah. they made their opening night roster pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and that 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 was impressive, genuinely, right? Bringing in Hironic, Cole, and Susie, now having the depth of guys like Hirose, and even went and took a shot on a guy like Matt Irwin, who will not play an NHL game this year, hopefully, because <laughs> uh, those things are going very wrong. Um, but yeah, once you, once you poke a hole in that and there's people saying, Hey, like, Hey, when, when can we trade Tyler Myers? It's like, man, you trade Tyler Myers. Even there's, that's a, that's a, there's a hole now, right now you're mm -hmm. pulling guys like Noah Juleson and, and <laughs> Mark Friedman. Like what a, what a trade that has ended up being in my opinion. Like he's been, he's been good. He had five shots tonight. Yeah. He was all low percentage, but they're all the same. They, they were all the exact same, but he's been good. Uh, he's been genuinely good and he's earned a, a spot on the team now. Yeah, um, yeah, so you yeah. essentially have now the Juleson or Hirose's flipping back and forth until you get Susie back, which won't be until essentially 2024 at this point. Yikes. Um, I, I don't know why it's Noah Juleson right now. Yeah, I have. I, I just, I'm just not seeing, he has the occasional good hit, which is great. But he doesn't, he doesn't move particularly well as in he moves poorly. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm being a little, uh, a little overly generous. I feel like, um, yeah. and, and there's, there's a lot of plays where I feel like he gets beat easily and he's got a little bit of physicality that Hirose doesn't, but mm -hmm. I think Hirose gives the team a little bit more potential, um, yeah. personally at the very least. But yeah, if, if I don't like buying and i maybe I'm just averse to it because of all the pain that we've been through in the past yeah. handful of years, but this team is going to be in the playoffs in April yep. more than likely. Right. Um, yep. And what's going to help with that more than another defenseman. We know it's what they need. If it's Ethan Barron, you don't have to give up assets for it. Great. Right. Yes. We know he's, he's skating right now in Canucks colors. Um, they, there was a clip of him um, practicing um, wearing, wearing his Canucks gear. Yeah. So that would be, you know, that'd be great that like throw an Ethan bear in there and, and take Juleson of the lineup. Like suddenly, Hey, now we're cooking right now. You've got that nice little bit of extra depth. And when Susie comes back, then you have a decision to make, right. Then you can maybe start rotating guys in and out. Um, but then again, like there'll be another injury at some point anyways, right. There always is. Um, yeah. Yeah. so if, yeah, if you can do it without giving up assets, great. But yeah, if you have to move out a guy like Anthony Bavillier, if you can move that contract out right now, how is that negatively impacting the team? I don't think it is at all. It's not. Although I admit, yes, we're talking about a very small sample size, but I thought Bavillier was excellent today. He got bumped up today, to the second yeah. line. Yeah. It's yeah. What, Fieldy Giuseppe, yeah, for the third period. But again, we he scored two goals again, and they were the ninth and tenth goals in a 10-1 win. Yeah. He, he isn't producing. Um, yeah. getting that cap space, bringing in an Ethan bear even, and then having a little bit of cap space just on hold would be fantastic. Um, and maybe you can add another piece at some point with a trade. Um, I would, uh, you know, this is, this team's decent. It, this team's yeah. good enough to, you know, we're not talking about adding a, adding a number two defenseman right now. We're talking about adding a depth piece, right? A uh, number six. That's, that's yep. all this team really needs to just push through, you know, this yeah. two month injury.
And isn't it funny, Parker? It's not lost to me that Carson Soucy is a left-handed defenseman, and 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 uh, we know Rick Tockett does not want to play uh, guys on their opposite side. Although he did that with Friedman tonight, um, but it's it, we're talking about improving the right side. Even though I guess because the whole point is we have at least we have Cole on the left too. Uh, whereas uh, the right side after Honig, it, it it drops up a lot to Myers and then it drops a lot to the next guy too. So a left-handed guy is hurt, but we're talking about uh, maybe potential right-hand D-man or any D-man and then let, I guess the chips fall as they may, but um, they're going to have to do something. There's no, I don't, I don't see them. Uh, Friedman's great. He's playing above his punch above his weight class. Juleson can't do that. He'll just punch something or someone. And then Hirose, I don't think he's got targets full confidence. So you're yeah. at least one, if not two guys short right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think they'll make some sort of move. Yeah, they, me too. Me Alvin too. hasn't been afraid to. He's made a lot of them. Um, yeah, I, if you can get something going, you know, might as yep. well. The you, you can't ju- you can't just have six defensemen in in the <laughs> NHL. You need you need seven or eight. Yeah. Um. So yeah, hopefully, uh, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm hoping they do something. It'll be fun. You know, it's it's interesting. Again, even if long term, maybe it's not a great move. You know, I, we've been we've been sitting here for. 10 years just waiting for the team to be good again you know hey let's 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 buy somebody you know let's (laughs) let's get rid of a little bit of futures just just once just for fun you know and it not be a terrible move right getting rid paying a second to get rid of jason dickinson which wasn't a terrible move but you know what i mean uh or the first round pick for for oel right those were those were buying when you're not supposed to but now we can buy when it actually makes a semblance of sense which would be uh which would be very fun at least to follow along and Parker, so strange to say this. I'm calling it now, though. It's November 20th today. When it comes to the trade deadline, um, I think one of the biggest stories, if not the biggest story, is going to be Tyler Myers. Because despite him getting walked in the corner against Seattle on Saturday, despite him looking down at his hands and his wrists and giving up, no, we, we kind of joked about that tonight. I know a lot of fans like to nitpick every single bad thing he does. Rick Tockett loves this player. He does. He's been he, good, he, too. Yep, and year. he's been fine. He's been fi- Generally, he's been fine. So what happens when you're battling for maybe first in the division with Vegas, just imagine, and you see the $6 million contract that's coming off your books, but you could say, I need this guy for the playoffs. It's, it's going to be crazy if they end up keeping him and not trading him away for any assets because they think he's going to be a key part or at least a part of the playoff run. I, I can't wait for it. It's going to be yeah. nuts. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. If you're in a wild card spot, trade him. At yes. that point, but yes. if you're if you're top three in the division and you're like and you're sitting pretty comfortably, yeah, that's that's yeah. They don't, you know, we yeah. want it. We've wanted to get rid of him for nothing for so long, right? Hey, let's just hang on to him for the for the run, um, mm-hmm. and let's see what happens, right? What what are you going to get for him realistically at the deadline? Probably not anything game breaking. No, no. Um, so yeah, let's you know again we're we're putting the cart before the horse here, but you know it's a fun thing to think about. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Something to watch for sure. For sure. All right, folks, we are at the 1130 mark plus plus plus. <laughs> so thank you all very much for joining us on this late edition of Canucks after dark. If you missed any part, you can go back to the beginning uh, or you can catch on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of 15 minutes or so. You can find it here uh, in the morning on your way to work. If you want to listen at that point, um, you can find me Parker's pucks on Twitter and YouTube. You can find clay Canucks, clay, uh, Canuck clay on Twitter and YouTube um if you're going to be at the game on seattle try to find us and say hi um <laughs> otherwise uh clay any parting words this fine evening 
So Parker, once again, thank you for delaying a bit. I know you got to pump a video, which is awesome. It's a win-win, but thank you for delaying for me. I know uh, we're we'll going to be at the game on Friday. And if if somehow you guys are still awake, uh, I, I'm a glutton for punishment. I started, um, uh, just so everyone knows, I, I do a, a quick stream on Monday nights now, but I don't do any Canucks talk because Park, I exhaust all my knowledge and energy with Parker here. So we don't. it would just be a repeat. So it's a little bit of a games night, what I used to do on Sunday night. And I'm still doing it tonight at 11.45. So if you want to do the trifecta with me, and you're you're silly like me, then then come join me. But otherwise, thank you everyone for a great show once again tonight. Excellent. Thank you everyone. Have a good night.